You're tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, and this is coming to you right across Australia, live from Hobart, Tasmania, each week at 9 a.m. And for those listening in Tasmania, you can catch us again at 4.30 p.m. each weekday as well. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and every Monday we have David Leo as our program presenter with this series titled Encounters with Jesus. Welcome, David. Thank you, Tabitha. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday to you, David. You. What Thank did you. you get to over the weekend? Um, well, it's a big weekend. Um, Saturday morning and afternoon, I was with um, both my churches. Uh, well, I went to the to one to Devonport in the morning, and uh, we, had a, we had a guest speaker there, our, our um, Pastor Daniel Mateo. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we can get him on the radio sometime. And um, yeah, in the afternoon, I went out. Um, Door knocking, doing some surveys out in, in, in the Deloraine Church, and uh, got to meet some of the people in the community. That was awesome. Oh. And um, yesterday, we um, we had my son had his basketball game as he does, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they they enjoyed a win over there in Somerset, and visited some friends, and went out to um, try. A, you know, you said you don't do much sport, Tabitha. Maybe we should have invited you, but we went and did some. Um, mm-hmm. Lawn bowls. Our Davenport oh. Church had a social, and we went to do some lawn bowls. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, my my kids tried it for the first time. They, they had a good time as well. You ever done lawn bowls before? I haven't, but there yeah. was an instance where I was willing to. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, um, it's a very. Oh, I forgot to mention too. I went to a uh, birthday party. Mm. Uh, one of the one of the. Um, it's one of my son's friends. He's a, a boy out and and um, and. Uh, Northwest Christian School in Penguin. Mm. So shout out, happy birthday to Josh, who had his birthday, and it was mm. really nice. We really, yeah had a restaurant, and it was basically the thirteen's an important age, so it was like a, mm. a way of uh, acknowledging that he's going from a, a boy to a man, and so that was that was a lot of fun. And mm. yeah, so lawn bowls is a very quiet, balanced, focused game kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, not 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 a you know for boys they like to get. You know, really aggressive, a lot of action, and but this one was real calm. You know, mm. little, yeah. So, oh. I've got a lot. I've got a lot to learn there in lawn bowls, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was a, it was a big weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see. Um, I can tell. And one one of the cool things about this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and last week too, I've I've had um one of the girls at school. Um, she came to me. She's she's uh, new to our school. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, "Oh, my dad listens to you on on radio." So oh. yeah, and, it's and, nice and, to hear um, that, really. Yeah, and meeting people in the community, they mm. said, "Oh, yeah, same day." Oh, we seem to this have church. Yeah, I think okay. I've heard you on the radio. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. So you know, that, that's really exciting for us. You know, for people like Tabitha and me or Jason, mm. uh, we, we're on the radio. We we feel like we're just talking to each other, and we you know we. we uh, so let, let us know when you're listening. It's really encouraging to know that um, there are it people is. being blessed by this. And sometimes yeah. when and you so, don't um, get much, people te- many people texting in or any any form of interaction at all, you're wondering, okay, <laughs> is there yeah, anyone listening? listening? <laughs> no, it's, it's really good to know that people are listening. I got the same. Yeah. Someone, I got someone from church tell me they listen to the program, and it is, it's really encouraging. It is. It is, yeah. And um, yeah, uh, praise God for that. I, was, I, was think, I, I felt like those guys were saying, hey, mm-hmm. uh, you're not talking to the air. There, oh, well, we we kind of talking on air, <laughs> but there are, there are people tuning in. So I was like, ah, awesome, thank yeah. you. you just, we just do what God asks us to do, don't we, Tabitha? Mm, and, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. and they, and they thought, you know, these things that we go through. Oh, what a blessing! I, I love, I love reading about them again and and sharing and 
studying them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is, it is. Um, yeah, I just want to remind our listeners of our studio number. You can text us in at any time. You can text any questions, any comments, any mm. feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And please have the number saved down as Taz Encounters number. The number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one zero four double eight. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um. So, David, can you give us a quick review of where of where we've come from in your series? We've been going through the book of Mark, and uh, one of the things that uh, we notice about Mark is he really gets into things. He he. Uh, it's a book of action. It goes from one thing to another. We've been looking at uh, how Mark really emphasizes on uh, Jesus's authority, mm-hmm. and um, we've been going through that a bit. And last week. Mm-hmm. He's, we saw the authority that he has when it comes to um, being pure. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Jews Jews had the, uh, had understood that you can only go to the priest of the temple um, to be purified, and Jesus goes to an unclean place, which we t- looked at a you know where it's far away from the temple. Mm-hmm. It's part of the Decapolis, which is a, a Greek word. Hellenist, uh, Greek people, uh, or Greek culture is there, and it's a place where pigs are being farmed, and a place where a man with demons, uh, demonic spirits, is living amongst the tombs, amongst dead people. And Jesus comes and cleans out the whole place, and it's an indication to us that you know it's the way that we think is. When a person comes across an unclean thing, the person becomes unclean. But Jesus, with his authority, he's able to go to unclean things. And instead of the unclean thing affecting him, mm-hmm. he makes those things clean. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he just he changes the whole game, you know. And um, that's where we were last week. And, and today we're going to get into still a similar thing. And it's about a, about a woman who was sick and um, all she wants is to touch the clothing of Jesus to be mm. healed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting for sure. And I just want to remind our listeners, if you're not able to tune in to radio, you can catch us on Faith FM app or Faith, Faith FM website. That is faithfm.com.au. You can listen to the past episodes also from the website or the app. Yes. So mm. what are we getting onto today, David? So we're going to mark, uh, mark. We're still in Mark five. Mm. We're starting at verse twenty one, and uh, what's really interesting here. I'm not going to spend too much time in this, but this is something I learned at college, and it's become it's become a technique that I often use in my sermons and Bible studies and whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's called the mark and sandwich. And with a sandwich, you got the bun, mm-hmm. then you've got the you know the, the contents, then you got the bun again, right? That mm. holds the contents together. And in the book of Mark. It happens quite often, and what we're going to see here is a Markin sandwich. There's a story that begins, um, you know, it starts, it's like the first piece of the bun, mm-hmm. and then we get the story that we're focusing on, but then it finishes with a story it started with, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. But um, I just wanted to put that out to the listeners that when they're studying Mark and they come across this, mm-hmm. Mark is, it's important to look for what's the connection? Why would he do that? Right, so in this story, it starts off with the story of um, Jairus and his daughter. Mm-hmm. Then it gets to the woman that wants to touch Jesus' clothes, and then it finishes off with Jairus's daughter again. Mm. So that's the there's a mark and sandwich technique. But well, maybe we'll come across that again, and we'll get mm-hmm. into it more. But uh, without further ado, mm-hmm. let's get into the reading, and also I'll say a prayer. Okay. And Tabitha, if you could read for us uh, verses twenty one to twenty four, okay. and then we'll yeah, we'll get into it. Oh, I'll do that. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's pray. 
Father in heaven, as we listen to your word once again, Father, we ask, as Mark is trying to emphasize, that we have faith, faith to believe in the name of Jesus, and faith to believe that he wants the best for us. He has the best intentions for our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this uh, verse, the title is A Girl Restored to Life and a Woman Healed. Yeah, um, so there's two stories. Yep. Mm. So now when Jesus, do you want me to read 21 to 24? The yes, whole please. Of it? Okay. Yep. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Okay, thanks for that, Tabitha. So we begin this. We begin with the first part of the, the marking sandwich, and there's a story about <clears throat> Jairus, and the story tells us that his status in his community. Can you see what that is in verse two? Mm-hmm. Um, there were verse twenty-two. Yeah, what's his, what's his status in his community? So there were rulers. He's a ruler. And they've come out. Oh no, yeah. the ruler. Yeah, this. Yeah, he's a, yeah, ruler, of a, is a ruler of a yeah. synagogue. Yeah, he's a ruler of a synagogue, right? So he's a bit like Nicodemus. We talked about Nicodemus many episodes ago, but uh, many sessions ago. But um, Nicodemus came in the night; he came in the evening, you know. Mm. But this guy, Jairus, he's come out in public with people mm. are, uh, gathering him out amongst them. He's a ruler at the synagogue, and you could imagine how he had to humiliate himself mm. to ask for Jesus to help him. And what do you think motivated him to humiliate himself? Wow! Yeah. The, I mean, his daughter's about you know, his daughter's about to die. Mm. When we're at those situations where our kids are involved, mm-hmm. you know, and you have that type of love to a child. I know Tabitha, you don't have children now. You know, I've got three kids. You've met them all. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I love them dearly. You know, but when it when it comes to your children, man, like that, he was willing to humiliate and embarrass himself in front of this community. I know I'm a ruler of the synagogue. I know I'm a Jew, but I I have to try everything. Mm. And this man. I've heard the testimonies of this man, and I'm willing to give that a try. Mm. Right? And Jesus, it says in the Bible that Jesus went with him, and a mm. great multitude, mm-hmm. a great multitude came and gathered amongst, you know, it didn't mm. stop, it didn't stop him following Jesus, but, man, credit, you know, kudos to Jairus for, uh, for not letting his pride get in the way to help his daughter. You know what I mean? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to listen to a fast song, and this song, this song, sorry, is talking about um, the story of Jairus' daughter and the woman with the bleeding disorder. The oh, touch, wow. yes. The song is the touch by Balsam Range. In a small town, many. To his house would he go For his daughter was sickly and dying She lay and Jesus made his way The crowd that had gathered in numbers were great 
by Balsam Range. Um, mm. Yes, and you tuned in to Tazi Encounters with David Leo. And just before we went for a break, we read the story of the um, of Jairus, uh, who was one of the rulers, going mm. uh, to Jesus to seek for help. And yeah, so and also David, you mentioned that uh, Jairus humiliated himself. Yeah. Yeah, by yeah. just going to seek for help. Um, where else do we go from here? Well, we, well, we just made some connections. We've we've looked at the first bun of the uh, Mark and Sandwich. Now we're going to go into the content and the meat of it now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's that we're going to look at the verse twenty five to thirty four, which is the which is the second story, right in the Mark and Sandwich. Okay. Um, I'll read. Okay. Oh, actually, did you want to read that, Tabitha? Yeah, that sure. Okay? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Happy to read. Um, now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's important. Note 12 years, everybody. Mm. It's a really mm. long time, 12 years. Mm. Yeah. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, 
she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of, of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And mm, Jesus, wow. immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples, his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he mm. said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Oh man, there's so much in here, so much in here. But uh, we've got little time. <laughs> but um, the first thing, you know, what what do you, what do you think of this story in general? What I think, um, this woman was trying to hide. She she knew she was not okay. meant to be because we looked at the unclean laws of cleanliness last very week. Good to, yeah, very good, Tabitha. You're yeah, right. Yeah, and that's um, why. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, no, good. No, that's good that you picked that up because that's the reason why she was in fear and trembling because she mm. knew I'm actually not meant to be in the crowd because the purity laws say that if I've, you know, if I'm, um, if I'm in the, uh, the, the menstrual cycle, then, you know, I'm, I'm not meant to be around people because on the eighth, you know, after that, you're meant to go do the purification mm. before you can even touch anything. Like anywhere you sit, anywhere you touch, it becomes unclean. And Jesus asked the question, oh, who's that, that, that touched me? But we'll start from the beginning. The beginning is, right, mm-hmm. of the story is this, this woman mm-hmm. had been sick for 12 years and said she tried everything. Mm-hmm. She tried everything. And, and it's, it doesn't say she got any better. The Bible says that it got worse, mm. you know. And, oh, Tabitha, I've met people like this. You know, they've, they've tried Anything, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, their physical pains or, you know, whatever's, uh, you know, whatever thing that's, that they're suffering from. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, just like Jairus, she heard about Jesus, mm. right? And it says that she came in the crowd and touched his garment. Actually, in, in Matthew, in, um, Matthew 9, verse 20, mm-hmm. verses 21 and 22, it has a very short version of the story. Mm-hmm. And Matthew's more specific. Mm-hmm. Matthew says that she tried to touch the hem mm. of his garment. Just the last bit of the garment. Yeah, the, the last. End just of the, the yeah, garment. Just, just that a, small yeah. part. Yeah. And, and there's something really significant about that because in Numbers 15, mm-hmm. actually, yeah, in Numbers 15, it talks about how God wants the priests, how they're meant to handle their, their hems and their tassels. And it actually shows and reveals what who they are in their community, their rank and their authority as you know the priests there. And in fact, in ancient Near East, so it wasn't just the Jews, but in ancient Near East, uh, the way your hymn is made uh, or the way your hymn is, appears actually suggests your ranking, your authority, and your personality. Mm. So that was something that happened in ancient Near East. And one of the stories, well, two stories I can think of that I can share with you is. Um, there's a story of King David when, uh, so he wasn't a king at the time, but he was running away from King Saul. And um, King Saul was in a cave, and uh, you know David was able to cut off his hem, mm-hmm. right? And he was able to show to Saul, hey, look, I got a piece of your, your clothing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's 
a pretty, even though he still respected King Saul as the anointed king, it was still quite degrading that he chopped off a bit of what represents um, what represents Saul because on on that uh, on the hem it's got your it represents uh, your genealogy as well. Mm-hmm. Your family and who you come from, and David cut that off to show to him, "I could have taken your life, but I only I took this instead." Mm-hmm. Right? And Saul went, "Wow, that's amazing." And Saul. And the second story is Saul actually did this to Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, on the top of my head, I can't remember the context of the story of what they were what they were discussing. But Samuel went to walk away from Saul, mm-hmm. and Saul tried to grab him back. And as he grabbed at Saul, uh, uh, Samuel, the prophet, mm-hmm. he ripped off a piece of his hem. Mm-hmm. Right, and so he ripped off a piece of this ranking and stuff of of the prophet, <laughs> and Samuel turns around and says, "The same way you rip, the same way you rip that piece of him is the same way that your nation is going to split and rip in two. And mm. it came true, you know. So this woman must have an understanding of she's not just trying to touch the clothes because because Jesus wears clothes mm-hmm. to touch the hem of the garment." Is to is for her to acknowledge. I believe in the ranking, mm. and the authority, and the personality, and everything, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in that, and she reaches out to touch that just to get a bit of that. You know, and and you read in the you read in the Bible um, when I when I when I first heard the story, maybe the first time uh, first time I read it as well, mm-hmm. when it talked about Jesus saying, um, you know. Power has gone out from me, <laughs> and I thought, oh, because you know I watched a lot of cartoons as a kid, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, is there some type of um, a resource or some type of you know like a fuel tank mm. that that Jesus has, and there was a little bit that was taken out, and she took it from him, mm. you know, and I realized with this touch of faith, the way that she believed in Jesus, mm. Jesus responded to that type of touch. Mm. Right, and there's a difference because the disciples say to him, when he when he turned around and said, "Who touched me?" Mm-hmm. The disciples go, "Well, how can you ask that question? We're getting we're getting squashed here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's touching us." <laughs> David, why do you think Jesus publicly exposed um, the woman? Ah, yes. Okay, so you're talking about her, him turning around and saying, yeah. "Who touched me?" And now she has to go, "Ah, I've been me. caught." Yeah. yeah. Me, right? I know that I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. I know that I could potentially have endangered others because of my uncleanliness. I know I should be on lockdown and I should be isolated, and yet um, I'm out here in public and you know doing this. And Jesus, you know, points her out, but Jesus doesn't say. Jesus, doesn't, if, you, if you mention the story, Jesus doesn't say, "Woman, you've been suffering from bleeding for twelve years. You shouldn't be here." He doesn't say that, does he? No. No. He just says, he says, he says, who touched me? And she comes fear and trembling, knowing what's happened in her life, knowing what her situation is. And she says, in fear and trembling, it was me. I did it. And, and there's this, there's this verse in Romans 10, mm-hmm. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, which says mm-hmm. that we should publicly well, I don't think it says that. Oh, let, let, let me go there. So we, uh, but, but basically it says mm-hmm. we should confess so people know what our faith is. This is what it says in Romans 10, mm-hmm. verse 9 and 10. It says, um, 
that if you confess with your mouth Mm -hmm. the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, Mm -hmm. and with the mouth confession is made unto unto salvation. Mm -hmm. And so when you read this Bible text, you realize that Jesus actually opened up the opportunity for the woman to confess with her mouth. Mm. It was me that touched you, Lord. Mm-hmm. It's me that believes in, in I, I believe in you. I believe that you, you are who you say you are. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is an invitation to each and every one of us as well. You know, when you believe in your heart, when you know in your heart, it's, uh, you will find freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one thing, you know, when you believe something and you just hold it to yourself, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't say anything, you just, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm afraid of what people will think of me. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm afraid of what they'll say. This woman has all those things. She's, she's in the same situation. Oh, what will, they, what will they do if they find out? And Jesus says, hey, listen, you just confess and I'll take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. Right? And from her confession, and she says, you know, um, and she says, oh, she falls before him. And, and the Bible says, tells the whole truth. And the response from Jesus is, mm-hmm. daughter, mm-hmm. your faith has made you well. Mm-hmm. Uh, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Mm-hmm. And so the response from Jesus after the public confession is, it's because surprising. of your... Mm. Sorry, say again, Tabitha? I, feel, I think like she didn't expect that. No. She was probably she just, expecting to be rebuked. That's right. Mm. Yeah, expect, expecting a telling off. But instead... She's called daughter. And now you're starting to see some connections to the bun, mm. right? Somebody that's desperate. Jesus calls her daughter. You know, there's, uh, there's, and what we've seen the end of this story is you've, you are made well. And that, that's that, that word, sozo in Greek, it means well and saved and delivered. You know, it encompasses all of that. And so we kind of get an indication of what's going to happen with the daughter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, um, we're going to go into our next song. But before we do that, I just want to remind our listeners of our studio number, which is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Just text us any comments, any questions, any, any feedback. We'd love to hear from you. This next song is called Loving My Jesus by Casting Crowns. And the song is talking of Jesus' love for the undeserving and how those people who experience Jesus' love uh, make decisions to love and follow Jesus. I was a wandering soul Traveling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow that day That I'd spend the rest of my life Loving my Jesus Showing my scars Telling my story of how mercy could reach you where you are. And I pray the whole world hears the cry of my heart is to see all the ones I love, loving my Jesus. 
tries to make you hide Whispers that same old lie Keep all your pain inside Cause no one will understand The last thing this lost world needs Is someone I'm trying to be The truth that is That's Loving My Jesus by Casting Crowns. And um, you're tuned in to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM with David Leo. And just before we went for a break, David, we talked about um, the hem, the representation of the hem, mm. and uh, what it's to do with ranking. Yeah. Um. What 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 do you what do you think? What does the hem have to do with the woman touching Jesus? Yeah, I, th- I think um, as I, as I said before, I think she um, David. She, yes, yes, Tabitha. David Leo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like we've lost David Leo. We'll just play the next song, and um, yeah, I'll try to get him, and we'll get back to you. God is 
in what he says that he spoke the worlds from nothing we got David back now. I'm sorry oh. about that. And um, yeah, we'll just go on. I just asked a question. Um, David, before we went for a break, we talked about the hem and um, its representation uh, to do with ranking in the society and people's personality. Uh, what do you think the hem had to do with the woman touching Jesus? Yeah, I, I, um, I think it's her recognizing and, uh, you know, Affirming that I know I, I believe in, in the ranking that Jesus is, you know, the authority that He's displaying. I recognize that, and I believe in that. So she's so like Romans, um, Romans ten and verse verses nine and ten says, she believes in her heart, and she's demonstrating it through her actions. Mm-hmm. And you know, as we as we said before, Jesus gave her the opportunity to confess with her mouth, and she does. Mm-hmm. And so that him. Um, that hem is probably like similar to in the military. They mm-hmm. put their rankings, you know, and, and uh, the law enforcement, they put the rankings on their shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that people know, oh, you know, and so they recognize that. And that's, that's her saying, I recognize it and I respect it and I honor it, you know, because you could recognize a ranking or look at a ranking and not respect it, but she does. Oh, you know, okay. she, she, she says, yeah, that's the, I believe in this, this hem. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I also have a question for our listeners. Um, so this question, what Bible reference did David mention about confessing our faith with our mouths? So for anyone who gets that question right, we'll send, we'll give you a book as a reward. What Bible reference did David mention about confessing our faith with our mouths? Um, text us your responses to 048-880-891 and we'll be able to send to you this book, Life Without Limits, which um, talks about powerful truths for your journey to hope and meaning. Mm. Yes, yeah. so what else do you have for us, David, um, well, in this section? Let's go to the, the next one that wraps up the, the contents mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll start connecting connecting some of these dots and um, uh, we start at 35 yep. and finishes at 43 of chapter 5 in Mark. If mm-hmm. you could read that please, Tabitha. Yeah, sure. Um, while he was speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Your daughter is, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? <laughs> As as soon, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, Little, child, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. Okay, interesting. 
we've um, we've just read the second part of the bun. On the so it started with Jairus and his daughter, the ruler of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Then it, in the middle of it was this woman that uh, that uh, wanted to touch the hem of the garment. And you notice how long did she have the issue for? Um, the woman twelve years. Yeah, and how old was the girl that uh, twelve? Jesus, twelve years old, right? Mm. So for the for the whole life of that girl mm. was the time that this woman was suffering, right? And there's a, there's a connection that we're finding here. There's a daughter involved in both instances. Mm-hmm. Jesus calls this woman that touched the hem of his garment, refers to her as his daughter. Mm-hmm. And then it's Jairus' daughter that mm-hmm. he's going to save. Right. So in, in, in both these um, instances, we see a, a Jesus that is caring and uh, understands. And as I said before, the, the word that said, your faith has made you well, mm-hmm. that word well in the Greek, uh, mm-hmm. sozo, it means it means made you well, made you whole, made you, you're now saved. Mm-hmm. The salvation has come to you. You're mm-hmm. delivered, right? And so this deliverance, we see that happening with Jairus' daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's amazing in this in this section where, People say to Jairus, um, "Your daughter's dead. Don't don't bother him anymore. Mm-hmm. It's done, mm-hmm. right? That's the situation of the woman. I've tried. She tried everything. Mm-hmm. She might as well give up, right? And and you read in the story to Jairus, what's the what's the um, what's the advice that he that Jesus gives to Jairus in verse thirty six? Uh, um, he said to him, "Do not be afraid. Only believe. only believe. Yeah." Right, only belief. Yeah, could you imagine being a dad and going, "Believe, my daughter's dead now. What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do?" And when when Jesus said the same thing, and he said, um, he he says the same thing in the story of uh, of Lazarus in John eleven. Mm-hmm. He says, "She's not dead. She's mm-hmm. asleep." Mm-hmm. Right, and there's something really important there that that uh, she's sleeping waiting for Jesus and that's mm-hmm. an indication of something much you've got to stick to Faith FM listen to more Faith FM to know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. but um, yeah the, the people crying and and uh, he and they ridiculed him when he said that she's asleep but then he had them come out right and mm-hmm. then he has the father and mother come in mm-hmm. and this miracle happens where the girl was dead now she's alive and it doesn't tell us how the father and mother react, but it says that they were overcome with great amazement, mm. right? And so I think that they is um, the parents, mm-hmm. Peter, James, and John, and perhaps those that ridiculed as well. Mm. Yeah, that ridiculed, and and this girl when she comes, you know, because she must have been sick, she must have been sick and then died. But the first thing that Jesus says is, "Give her something to eat," mm. right? Now, there's a point here that I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, address her physical needs. Mm. Address her physical needs. This is what the woman was after. It was through the healing of her physical needs that her faith was was uh, affirmed and realized that mm. she does love Jesus and Jesus loves her. Mm. Right, And so... You start to you start to connect the dots in this mark and sandwich, mm. and you start to realize that Jesus does not miss a beat mm. for any issues that we have, physical, spiritual, whatever it may be. Jesus sees it, and the encouragement we get from this woman and Jairus is reach out. You may face some, you may have to humiliate yourself or 
uh, I suppose a nice way of saying it, is to humble yourself. But Jesus sees you. Mm. Jesus knows where you're at and mm. he understands it. Just reach out. Reach out and touch him. Mm, that's right. We're about to go for a break. Uh, but before we do that, I want to mention today's offer. And this is a book called Life Without Limits. And it's by Clifford Goldstein. Um, this book gives powerful truth. Uh, powerful truths for your journey to hope and meaning. And in this enlightening book, Clifford Goldstein takes on some of the life's biggest questions and offers some answers that will change how you view and live your life. And with a fascinating mixture of faith and logic, he seeks out the truth on such matters as the meaning of life, where we came from, the laws that protect us from pain, and why we can believe in a promising future. So we are going to go to our next song, and this song is called Faith. And it's talking of different Bible characters who showed a lot of faith in God. He spoke the worlds from nothing by His breath It's believing He rewards you if you seek Him with all you are That He holds the book of life, the keys to death You can learn of God through the simple faith of man How no one may God's command You've heard of Daniel And the lion's den And we know all about The faith of Abraham There's a choir of those Who've gone before us Who trusted God And followed where he Trusted God 
is called faith and um, just from what we've studied today faith can do a lot of things faith brings healing it brings hope and it brings eternal life which is very a very very big reward and you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Leo and just before we continue with what David has for us today I promise to give you the code to today's offer and the code is logos for Text L-O-G-O-S number four, no space in between to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to get this book called Life Without Limits. Um, and just before we also continue, I want to echo the listener questions. Um, I asked, um, in what Bible verse did David mention about confessing our mm-hmm. faith with our mouths? If anyone knows the verse, Please text that to us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we'll be able to send the book "Life Without Limits" to you. We'd we'll love to hear from you. Just text us what you think. Um, yeah. yeah, David. So, what is the main takeaway message for today? Yeah, I think the takeaway is to um, <clears throat> is that we we have to reach out. You know, this woman made the move to go in and, and touch Jesus. That's where her desperation took her. Not only did she uh, go to touch Jesus, she knew that she shouldn't be in, a, in a, th- a, a throng full of people, a crowd full of people, when she knew that she was unclean. But she was willing 
to make to make those moves or, or take those risks in order to be healed by Jesus. <clears throat> and um, the main takeaway is we we know who Jesus is because what faith is that the Bible says in in um, Hebrews eleven verse one that gives us a definition of faith being the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Now that sounds crazy, right? But Jesus is here now demonstrating demonstrating his authority, his ability, and um and still he's still doing that today. As Christians, I feel like our role as Christians is to continue to emphasize and reveal the authority of Jesus Christ that he's able to heal, that he's able to do these things. Mm-hmm. And um you know, it's a real shame that faith is faith to believe is even harder. You know, it's it's harder these days because you know, during the time of uh, the popular TV evangelists, you know, we know, I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, there have been, been a lot of people that have been called out and exposed that have used healing as a means of their evangelism, of um, getting popularity and and um, and money and things like this. And when you talk about Jesus being able to heal, sometimes people associate us with that and think, oh, you know, you're, you're just a trickster. You're a, you're a fraud. Mm. But I, I, I still believe even to this day, I still believe that Jesus, the same way he healed back then, still has the power to do that today. Mm. I don't, I don't doubt that a mm. second. Mm. And um, I wanted to share time when I was real desperate. You know, when my wife and I were having our first child. You've met Uriah. I have. Um, you know, yeah, he's he's thirteen now. But um, during the pregnancy, the doctors offered us to do this amniotic test to mm-hmm. see if the baby's healthy. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I, we agreed to do it. And when we did it, mm-hmm. uh, it came back with all these issues. You know, we had like uh, we, had, we had a few issues happening: problems with his kidney, a hole in his heart, a um, you know the uh, short short fingers and toes. And and the doctor gave us their diagnosis and said, "Oh, look, it could be risky." And um, my wife got really upset. We did about we went through a few tests, and I think. When it was test number five when she went to, you know, get another ultrasound. Um, I, I went with her to every every one of them. But this particular day, she said, oh, look, um, I'll go by myself. You go to work. You know, don't worry about it. But she calls me up at lunch, and she can't even talk. She's crying, and she's sobbing. And my supervisor at the time says, you better go. You better go with your wife and, and um, see what's going on. So I went to see my wife, and she was really upset because the doctor basically gave um, said, you know, like, uh, here's an option. Um, you can terminate baby. And my wife didn't know how to comprehend that, you know. Mm-hmm. She just started crying, you know. And then when when we knew the results, we weren't sure. Well, well, what what are we supposed to do, you know? If he has all these problems, and um, and I started doing research. I started doing research, and um, because they said there's a high high probability that he's Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and a high probability of uh, I can't remember the, the other thing that, that I mentioned. But I, I I was really upset, and I started. Doing research and thinking, man, I wasn't, I was, um, you know, I wasn't ready to be a dad, <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I didn't know how to be a dad, mm. and now I have to be a dad that you know has uh, has to try and um, be attentive to these type of things, and I I was just learning, and so I did all this research, um, feeling desperate, got to church and and uh, you know family to pray and all these people praying around us, mm-hmm. and um, I felt this peace, mm-hmm. I felt this peace that God said. David, I'm going to look after you. You'll mm. you'll be a good dad. You know, make sure that you have all the abilities that you need to look after your child. Mm. And I rested in that. I thought, man, no matter what happened, no matter how my kid is born, mm. I'm going to 
uh, God has assured me mm. that um, he's going to look after me. Mm. And it took probably another three or four weeks because my wife, man, it was so hard. You know, she, she wanted to protect baby, trying to keep him as healthy as possible. And it took about another three or four weeks after that. She woke me up at 3 a.m. in the morning because mm. <laughs> we prayed. Every night we prayed, just desperate, Lord, please take care of our child. Please take care of our child. And she woke me up one morning. She said, David, she said, yeah, she goes, I, I feel that peace. Mm. I know wow. God's going to look after us. Amen. And that was enough. Mm. That was enough. That was the assurance. Mm. That that um, you know he, he's looking out for us and everything's going to be okay mm-hmm. and whatever the issues are mm. he's he's going to be there with us. That's right. And uh, and it was faith. We mm. I, we both believed mm. and praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David, for sharing that beautiful story with us. Mm. Um, so we're running out of time, and I just want to know what would what do you have for us next week? We're going to talk about it's the, the the title is a faith and leftovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an interesting story of a, a woman that gets tested by Jesus. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a bit of tension in this story. It's in Mark mm-hmm. Mark 7. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tune in to find out <laughs> what That's it means. Right. We're talking about desperation and faith. Yeah. And again, mm. it's a woman that wants to save her daughter. Oh, oh. Mm. Must be. It will be interesting, so don't miss out. And mm. tomorrow we have Gary Webster with his series Lifetime Search, and Gary will be talking about sin, sex, and the Phoenicians, part two. You don't also want to miss that out. Um, um, just before we finish, I just want to echo the code to today's offer. It's Logos 4, text Logos 4, no space in between, L-O-G-O-S number 4204880891. Thank you, David, for this inspiring sharing, and we hope our listeners have been blessed with your message. And wherever you are, we pray that you have a good day and may you experience God's amazing blessings. We are going out with this song called We've Got This Hope by Ellie Holcomb. Oh, 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 we've got this hope oh, oh.